Hello everyone and welcome back to a new episode of Rose Goals. This is a podcast by myself, Nikki Mahone, CEO and founder of online jewellery and homeware brands, Nikita by Nikki. If you're new here, welcome to the family. And I just want to thank everyone so much for the feedback I've been getting for the last couple of episodes. Um, when I started this, I never would have expected it to, uh, I don't know, generate so much positivity and support and just relatability as well, which I think a lot of you have been enjoying. Um, I guess the first few episodes, there's only so much you know I can talk about when it comes to myself, but I've really enjoyed delving into topics that you know we may not be able to really hear about elsewhere too often, and um, also just a bit of support throughout the whole of lockdown and things like that. So um, we've got a new episode for you guys today, and um, it's all about stress and mindset, something that um, is a really big deal to me, something that I am far from perfect with. I have a lot of work to do myself. I don't particularly deal with stress very well. Um, and I thought I'd speak to my uh, friend Shani about this because she is a yoga teacher, fantastic woman, and is very, very calm as an individual. And I always find that quite fascinating in someone. As a further thank you for all of the support and love from my listeners, um, I'm going to be offering a 25% discount exclusively to you guys. Um, this will be for use on the website um, for all jewellery and homeware. Um, and I will be announcing the code at the end of the podcast. So please do continue listening all the way through and um, you'll hear that. So hopefully you can enjoy that and treat yourself to a few bits or get some presents in for loved ones. And if you are enjoying the series, if you are enjoying the podcast, please do leave a review, Apple Podcast review. I'm not sure if you can leave one on Spotify, but they really do mean the world. And honestly, your DMs that you guys are sending with support and sharing how much you enjoy the podcast makes my whole life. Like <laughs> It's brilliant. Um, I think I'm at the stage now where I'd love to introduce a sponsor. It'll be great to be getting paid for these podcasts because I've been doing them, you know, not really gaining anything in that sense for a little while. So if you know of anybody or you are a brand that would love to sponsor Rose Goals, please do get in touch at info at nikitabynikki.com and we can have a chat. But in the meantime, here's the podcast. So today's guest is my lovely friend and actually quite next door neighbour. You don't only live down the road, which is lovely. Um, but my good friend Shaney. So Shaney, would you like to uh, introduce yourself, tell everyone a bit about what you do? Yeah, um, so thanks for having me, Nikki. So my name's Shaney. Um, I am a yoga teacher part-time and the where I spend the rest of my time is working with older adults specifically kind of in the exercise rehab setting yeah so that's me in a nutshell <laughs> you know what's amazing is like you're probably the most calm and relaxed person I know and um, so I thought who better to have on for this podcast which is all about you know mindset and managing stress so yeah I'm really glad that we're doing this so thank you um so I sort of wanted to start off the conversation talking about how you know we're in beginning of July now um lockdown is easing um and that naturally could probably in itself bring a bit of stress onto people they're like going to be thrown into these social situations again all of a sudden after months of being on their own or just being with their loved one so um I sort of wondered how um that's going for you at the moment the sort of slowly getting back into a normal routine um and how you're coping with that on the day-to-day -day. yeah um I think for me, um, compared to perhaps some of my friends that I'm aware of what they're going through, I haven't found it 
particularly stressful however we obviously all cope with stress quite differently and um, I think probably the thing that is causing me most anxiety now is the concept of reintegrating obviously as some of the guidance has changed about gyms reopening in a couple of weeks things like that I think is probably more the reopening of things that is making me sort of question my anxiety around some of that stuff but like you say being somebody that is relatively quite um stable emotionally um Mm. I haven't really felt that I have a peak and I think it comes back to um whether or not we feel we're able to cope with the sort of demands that are we're facing if that makes sense so yeah I always try and think of stress as sort of like the feeling that you get if you feel like the demands of a situation are bigger than what you're able to manage and I think when I break it down into smaller things it's kind of like well I don't really have to go to the gym when they reopen on the 25th (laughs) 25th of July so like why would I let myself get stressed about that um my main job they're not pressurizing us to sort of commute back into London and go to work so again kind of just feeling like well I shouldn't let this external thing cause me stress because actually in this current moment I have a choice not to even yeah I love that those things if yeah. that makes sense so sometimes just separating yourself from the situation but um yeah I definitely think now considering like reintegrating with people and seeing people in like maybe bigger groups and Mm. sort of maybe more so being around strangers seems a slightly odd thing but um so far I'm definitely managing okay but I've had a couple of friends who've unfortunately been furloughed during the situation and obviously that's a completely different sort of level of stress because you don't even have the routine anymore yeah um so I can imagine how that would be a really different experience compared to myself oh amazing um I literally love that what you've said though about um just sort of you know why I get stressed out about the gyms reopening I don't have to go uh, it's, it's yeah. so simple but it's so effective like yeah I'm I'm almost I'm okay because I think a lot of my routine's been quite similar anyway with um where I was going back and forth from work from April anyway um but then it is the sort of planning like the girl like the girls group we've got is sort of planning events in advance and it's getting used to that and actually getting used to writing in the calendar again which I've actually is not been that good at to be honest I've always yeah. never know because I've got my phone calendar and my actual paper calendar in the kitchen I'm like which one do I write on um but it's it's that it's just getting used to that but then I also remind myself these sort of social interactions I missed so much when I couldn't see people so it is a positive thing and I shouldn't ever associate seeing friends or like making plans as a negative thing because then you then automatically you start feeling stressed when you just shouldn't it's it's a something you need to look forward to um your life can start going back to normal now which is what we wanted all along so yeah I'm trying to just slowly get back into it slowly seeing um friends and just managing what it is we should and shouldn't be doing is is still a bit of a gray area for me like I I don't understand I feel like a bit I don't know if I really trust the advice because I wonder if half of it is they want people to go back to work and they want businesses to reopen because of the economy not because COVID is that much less of a threat so I'm sort of not sure if I trust what the government is like pursuing at the minute so that's that's where I'm at yeah I do have that kind of um I guess like 
a sense of not conspiracy theory but yeah. like are we being told everything and I think I think it's really wise to have that that thought to be honest and consider that we aren't told everything and unfortunately we live in a world where a small amount of powerful people make very big decisions for the masses mm. and you can't necessarily assume that they're always they always have our best interests at heart and um, but I think we the world we live in is kind of like kind of put, put down your throat that you kind of think oh well it must be it must be fact kind of thing yeah um so yeah there's definitely definitely an element of thinking hmm. I know you have to use your own judgment I guess you have to just work yeah. out you know if I do go to the gym again when that when they open I'm just going to be careful as to how I enter and exit the gym like sanitizing everything maybe not seeing my parents for a couple of days you know you've got to sort of use your own judgment I think which can obviously be hard but it's so difficult to get the sort of right specific um guidelines um for your very niche sort of layout of your day so I think yeah that in itself I imagine for a lot of people will be um it's something we've wanted all along but then the fact that it is actually happening now which I, to be honest, I didn't expect it to be as soon as it is. I didn't expect us mm-hmm. to be coming out of lockdown in July. I thought it was going to be October or something. So I think um, it's just maybe the case where, you know, hopefully these things will actually start going back to normal. And um, secondly, hopefully they'll just stay that way and we don't have to worry about a second peak or anything like that. So, yeah, I think if we do it gradually and slowly, which I do feel like the government try and encourage then we'll be fine and hopefully we won't get too stressed or, and then we'll just enjoy the new plans and work and social situations we've got going on. So I'm quite a grateful person anyway. I mean, I'm sure there's times when I'm not so much, but I'd like to think that this experience of lockdown and some of the sort of luxuries that we take for granted, people will be more grateful for. So like the ability to eat out whenever you want or see your mum whenever you like and having a a full social diary like all of these things that have kind of been taken from us so hopefully as those things come back in we can sort of be like oh my goodness do you remember that time when we had four months where we couldn't see each other like I'm so (laughs) grateful to just like be able to do this with you and all of that type of thing and I think it's kind of like it's that whole saying of like you don't really know what you've got till it's gone right so a lot of things have been taken from us so I feel like hopefully there's some (laughs) extra gratitude for everybody to be feeling from this see that's so true like just your mindset on the whole situation is very different as in you're seeing it as though you know we should be grateful that we are now able to see people and make these plans whereas some people are like oh god now I've got to sort my calendar I've got to do this and now I've got to like go and see loads of family and a big groups of people so it's like it's the exact same situation for everybody but that's just a completely different mindset which is way more positive and relaxing as opposed yeah. to one where you sort of um encourage stress on yourself so yeah that's actually really interesting and I, I um I thought it'd be good as well to sort of say how we know each other um so Shani and I, um, our partners are really close friends and we met through them. And what's really nice is you live really close. And like, I've, been, I've gone to a couple of Shani's yoga classes and she's absolutely fantastic. So um, I just wanted to ask you really if you wouldn't mind sharing what got you started on your yoga journey. Like why did you decide to sort of go down that direction? And yeah, what's it like being such a peaceful yogi like yourself? <laughs> um, so... I tried yoga for the first time when I was 19 
and it was not for me. I did not understand why somebody was asking me to salute the sun and getting me to chant and it just really didn't connect with me. And for somebody that had been a dancer, a netball player, an athlete, um, I still couldn't even resonate with like the, the movements within yoga. I was just like, why am I doing this? Mm. Um, so I think I sort of wrote it off when I was 19. And then at about 22, how old am I now? 28. So 22, 23. Um, I went to another yoga class um, in London and it was just the one. It's kind of like this whole situation where you find the teacher that I think you relate to mm. and what they give to you feels more like what you need. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this feels amazing. And at the time I was really, really um, strongly into my fitness and I, I still am, but I have a better balance with that. But I was definitely in a, a very tight body from all of the mm. strength training that I was doing and um, the sprints that I was doing that I kind of went to yoga more of a, because my background and my knowledge of the, the body from my, my degree and things, I, I feel like I need something just to balance me out slightly. So I went from mm. for more of a, a physical benefit of maybe just increasing your flexibility which is completely a valid reason to to start yoga Um, and this teacher it was just like everything from mindfulness and observing my thoughts and everything that she brought up she said it in a way where I actually got it and it would kind of like it just clicked with me and Mm -hmm. um it was that teacher that sort of inspired me to be a yoga teacher so after about 18 months of going to her classes quite regularly and then also branching out to some other teachers I just thought I'm gonna I'm gonna do this I kind of feel like I want to step away even myself from um because I'm also a qualified uh, personal trainer I just don't really practice that anymore I just felt like what I got from being a full-time worker and being able to practice yoga and just chill out I felt like actually I needed to give that to more people. I didn't need to get them sprinting on a treadmill and creating more stress. I mean, there's complete validity to going on a treadmill and sprinting, of course, but um, what it did for me, I just felt like I actually want to be able to balance other people's lives with sort of yoga, meditation, mindfulness. So yeah, about Mm. three years ago, I did my yoga teacher training and I've kind of just been doing it alongside my full-time job ever since really and I can't really imagine not teaching it so yeah I'm really pleased yeah it really suits you I just get that you get that sort of energy from someone who is very poised like level-headed calm and I've I've always got that energy from you and I think um obviously what you do for your yoga and meditation things like that plays a massive part on that and it is it's really nice to see because I I also want to ask as well because at the moment, everybody's sort of putting emphasis on meditation, just so everyone can sort of get out of their head when they're all stressed out with COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, where you said yoga and meditation earlier, do they? would you say they always come hand in hand or do you think they're completely different practices that, you know, you sort of need to understand separately or do you sort of meditate and do yoga simultaneously? Yeah, so that's like a, um, a big thing where I think when people say I do yoga, what they actually mean is... Um, I go to a yoga class and I do asana. So asana means like 
the physical poses so like your downward dog your warrior two mm. um and actually the asana is like one of eight limbs we call it but you could say like eight principles of yoga so to say kind of i do yoga actually just means you do the stretches um yeah. when in fact sort of to to do yoga would mean to include meditation breath work mm -hmm. mindfulness um there's lots of things about your behaviors in life so sort of uh living truthfully being kind to others that like all of that comes under actually doing yoga the whole point is to sort of find full consciousness and kind of being at one with yourself at one with the world but um mm. in the kind of like western society we say like we do yoga by basically meaning the the physical movement going to a class doing a vinyasa class and maybe getting a bit sweaty or stretching out mm. um and then yeah meditation is technically separate but comes under still kind of the principles of mm. yoga however i think the two can sort of be intertwined because i feel like if you move your body in in a certain way and you can stay quite mindful in the moment you can actually make the movements within yoga quite meditative in themselves and I don't know if you're familiar with like the sun salutation routine, but obviously it's a repetitive mm. sequence that you might do three times at the beginning of a practice. You might also do it 108 times. And that kind of cycle of inhaling, reaching your arms up, exhaling, folding in half, it kind of, um, it, you end up just flowing with it. And it's kind of like your body ends up doing it without you even really thinking about the movement yeah. and you can kind of just be in the moment so there is a there is a part of it where they cross over but um like typically my morning routine and like this morning i've done yoga meaning yoga asana i did like 15 minutes of movement and then i sat for 10 minutes and just sat with with my breath and i would have said that i did yoga asana and then i meditated and i kept them kept them separate oh, wow. I know you've mentioned before um, when we've been speaking about yoga, there's like two different kinds. So there's like the more, say, upbeat kind, not upbeat, but then, then there's a the more relaxed yoga. Um, I can't remember what they were called. Yeah. So I think everybody knows the term yin and yang. <laughs> we all yeah. know it. That kind of beautiful little symbol with the kind of black and white teardrops in a circle. Yeah. Um, and basically that principle is that everything in life has yin and yang qualities even if something is more yin-like, there is yang within the yin. So if you can think of the symbol right now, you've obviously got that circle and then you've got it kind of split down the middle into black and white. Mm -hmm. And then within the black and white teardrops, you've also got the opposite colouring, kind of like a circle. So you've got like the black teardrop with the white circle in it, if you can kind of imagine that right now. Yeah. And so that's also to say that within the yin there is still yang so nothing can ever be fully one or the other it's always just like a fine balance mm. so when we think about that from kind of a yoga term um people might be quite familiar with a vinyasa class which is primarily what i did my training in a few years ago mm. and that's considered yang because we're often doing quite a lot we we move and we breathe and we may, we may sweat and that also yeah, do ab work and stuff like that yeah handstands like just have a bit it's a bit more playful in a way as well and it's quite creative and that mm. still that still has a calming effect in a way um but equally our lives are considered very young so the whole 
commuting to work, sitting at your desk nine to five, meeting deadlines, like all of that kind of do, 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 do. Mm. Um, and therefore it's kind of like, well, when are you going to have some yin, which is where you kind of like are balancing out all of the doing and kind of mm. just trying to find time to kind of do nothing and embrace that as well. So the yin style of yoga is um, way less movement and you might just sit in a posture quite comfortably lots of pillows and cushions and blankets and you'll just be there for five minutes to just fully melt and surrender and like whilst you're doing that what's what's happening within the body is kind of like your heart rate's coming down your blood pressure's coming down your breathing's getting more comfortable like your hormones are changing like there in the moment and all of that is kind of decreasing the stress response on your body so yeah I just recently did my my yin training so now I've got a good balance of being able to teach yin and yang and um, offer my students kind of both but I'm definitely loving yin at the moment and I think more people need to do it <laughs> it's a bit more chilled oh that's lovely it's very chilled like you can definitely fall asleep in a yin class so easily <laughs> oh it's so good I love it at the end of your classes when we'd um, we'd work quite hard and then we just sort of lie down, you turn the lights down and then we play some really chilled music and you put your sense, oh my God, I've never felt more relaxed. But yeah, I do enjoy that. Would you say that's more yin? Yeah, actually, you're completely right there. That very last bit, um, which we call sort of shavasana, or if you've been to yoga class, you might just know it as the lying relaxation. Mm -hmm. um, lying there, obviously, especially with the lights down low, eyes closed that is kind of definitely wrapping up your vinyasa class, your yang class with like a, a yin style movement. And in fact, I'm pretty sure that that's what makes most people feel amazing when they leave. It's kind of like, okay, <laughs> a little nap. <laughs> basically, okay. Yeah. You just did 55 minutes of moving and breathing and sweating. But I actually think what makes people feel so good is actually lying there for five minutes. A teacher telling you, you don't actually need to do anything, just lay here. And some people will find that really difficult, but mm. I think then you you wake up from that, the teacher brings you up to seated and you just feel restored. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's definitely the kind of thing that people should embrace at the end of the class, but it can take a few weeks or a few attempts to sort of feel comfortable to let go. Because especially if you're in a group with other people, like some people might naturally not feel as comfortable to let go, lying on a mat mm. next to somebody that, you don't know but eventually it kind of comes and you just are able to fully let go which is like a beautiful thing when that happens yeah I know exactly what you mean I, I remember once um Jack and I were in Mexico and um I thought I'd join this yoga class they had scheduled and I went along I didn't know anyone obviously and um I got a mat sat down and it was on this uh, imagine looking out at the beach it was on this like wooden pier all the way out and it was absolutely stunning like the whole class looked amazing I snuck a sneaky photo because it was just I really wanted to remember the moment and we did the whole yoga class like the waves were crashing underneath and then we did the bit at the end where you lie down and literally I must have slept really hard because I woke up you know you feel yourself snoring <laughs> I woke myself up looked around and everybody was walking off like they'd packed up said their namaste or whatever and was actually walking off and I was still lying there asleep on the floor like Everyone must have thought, my God, who is this girl? But yeah, that's how relaxed no, I was. <laughs> for me as a teacher, I as I see it as a win when someone falls asleep. Like really? I sort of, yeah, I'm kind of like their little cheerleader. I'm like, yeah, you fall asleep. Like, you needed that. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Um, so I wanted to sort of move the direction of the podcast over towards stress. 
So this is something that I actually really wanted to talk to you about because um, I experience it quite a lot with running a business and, you know, I've got quite a lot going on. Like I'm trying to help my parents redecorate. We're buying a home, we want to sell this place, um, just generally keeping up with friends and doing all the social media stuff on the side as well, as well as the podcast. So there's always like something for me to think about. And um, there have been times, I would say, uh, last like three months, not so much this month, I've been doing all right, but I have been feeling the ultimate feeling of overwhelm and that in itself can lead to stress. Um, and it's something that I feel like I could deal with a lot better. And it's sort of like when you have so much going on and you get to that point when you're that worked up, the thought of someone telling me to meditate or do yoga would actually just annoy me. Cause I'm like, I'm already there. Like, so would, would you almost say like the yoga meditation thing is almost a preventative, um, thing to do so you don't ever reach that sort of peak of overwhelm or do you think it's something that you would recommend to people to practice when they're very stressed yeah that's a good question I feel like um probably yoga and meditation definitely has more of a longer term effect um as opposed to like an immediate of course like in the moment once you meditate even when you just stop and breathe like it really does make an immediate difference but Mm. like with anything like if you exercised once you're not suddenly gonna drop a dress size it it does take work so if you do have a committed yoga meditation practice like typically your maybe the clarity in the way that you think or the way you deal with stressors the way you're able to maybe get better at focusing on single tasks will be better which would hopefully Mm. mean that you almost don't put yourself in the situations that allow you to get stressed but Mm. um I think as much as yoga and meditation are kind of up there with ways to manage stress I mean there's so many other things it could be um improving your sleep so some people might find okay actually when I meditate or I do yoga before bed I sleep better but other people might think actually when I have a bath with a candle I sleep better when I journal before bed I sleep mm. better um it might be a case of eating well because if you're also eating crap like that's also stress on your body so mm. you can maybe have if you've got all of these things going on and you're sort of thinking actually I'm looking after myself by eating well I feel like that also balances out like our perception of stress but even going for a run like that's such a good endorphin releaser makes us feel good and learning to say no like I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the reason (laughs) we get stressed is because we're all yes people so if we said no to a few things that automatically like the number of things on your plate is less so hopefully you're stressing less I mean even thinking of nature like I I think another thing if we quickly go back to like the whole COVID-19 thing where we weren't really allowed outside much. I think at one point we were allowed outside once per day for like Mm. 30 minutes. And if you lived in a built up city, you might not even really have green space. And I wouldn't be surprised if that had a really big effect on people's wellbeing because there's so much research about being outdoors and your attitude and your like positive mental health and things like that. So yeah, I think yoga and meditation will definitely help, but there'll be you will have something that works for you that can can help you de-stress and um, whatever that is then you should be doing more of it whether it means painting listening to music um 
switching off in which whichever way I guess you you can really and you'll find something that that works for you Mm, absolutely I think it's interesting what you said about learning to say no because I feel like I I learned to do that in the last two years or so where um say with uh Instagram where my business has moved from Instagram more onto other platforms like I am very much focused on Amazon because that's where Uh, the majority of income comes from now it's not from Instagram sales anymore so it's like moving on so when people like uh, during Covid because a lot of people have more time on their hands to be producing content and I didn't I was getting contacted to do lives Um, Nikki do you want to join this do you want to do this don't rush challenge with me do you want to do that and I was like I actually don't want to do these things I'm really sorry I I just started saying no I said I'm I'm, I'm actually I know that I'm going to step into the level of overwhelm if I say yes to these things I'm really sorry I'm going to have to say no and I wanted to be part of it like I, Mm -hmm. I think they're really fun lovely bits of content to be putting out there but I I just knew that was that would have been my my breaking point um and I was actually quite proud of myself recognizing that and being that little bit socially awkward and actually saying, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that because it was more of like, I was protecting myself from any more um, things to worry about. So yeah, I'm glad I did that. But I also wanted to sort of ask as well, you know, is it the case where we remove toxicity, we remove people that um, stress us out in life and we, or we sort of say no to things or do we just completely adapt to how we react to stress rather than trying to eliminate it? because yeah yeah. that's also like a really good question I mean stress is definitely like a fundamental part of life like if you go way back when stresses weren't necessarily about running a business but even if it was like your ability to survive like Mm. you had to be stressed in order in order to survive um so you definitely need it but I think the way we interpret it is very personal and it can be very much like based on our past experiences like our perception of the situation um emotional resilience kind of all of those things and i think i think this is again where like a concept within yoga is being way more conscious so we have so many of those thoughts and habits automatically like with having the separation between unconscious and conscious and if you can kind of i always think of like your conscious as being able to sort of step outside of your brain and kind of like look at your your mind your body your situation as like an external point of view I think that always gives us like a a different way of looking at things and like one of the sort of ways that I was thinking of when I first I first thought about not being not going into work anymore and um, working from home because of COVID-19 it was kind of like okay I could choose to be like oh my god I'm working from home like how am I going to do this or actually a result of working from home means I've got two hours extra per day like so I can actually choose oh wow I've got two hours extra per day like Mm. what can I do that I love most of those two hours per day so I mean I guess that's sort of like perception and mindset about the situation um but yeah I definitely think there's also like another way of thinking about how you separate what the stresses are because there's definitely things that you have total control of so let's say it is uh like what you choose to eat what you choose to buy whether you watch the news like all of those things you can control that might cause you stress and then you obviously have some things that you can kind of control at work i mean there are certain things you have to achieve at work but perhaps you can work out uh like 
micromanage that yourself, like create yourself a little plan of like what tasks you're going to do first and sort of creating that step-by-step can already make you feel a bit less stressed than being like, okay, I've got 50 things to do. I don't know where to start. Whereas if you had a little list, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to start from number one and I'm just going to wait till I achieve number one and move on to number two. Um, And then obviously you've got the things that are completely outside of your control and COVID-19 would be one of them. And it's kind of like those ones that are outside of your control, you really kind of need to choose in a way not to let that affect you so much because actually you're just causing yourself damage is the wrong word but you're yeah, kind of like bringing of un- it onto unnecessary yourself. isn't it? unnecessary stress essentially yeah so you you could yeah. almost like eliminate like let's say you've got three categories you could almost eliminate like 30 percent of your stress if you thought about the ones that were outside of your control maybe <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not so as simple, simple as that yeah, no but, but it is it actually is like what is the point like my, my dad is the ultimate stressor over anything and it's doing it doesn't no good for anyone like it won't change the situation it won't make it better it just makes the situation that's already probably quite bad even worse so I think yeah it's really important to probably differentiate things that you can control and if you can how are you going to resolve it and if you can't that's re- that's definitely important isn't it yeah and there's this like one book that I read a few years ago called The Power of Now by um, Eckhart Tolle um, yeah. and basically you're kind of it's a recommended read as kind of somebody who's perhaps into mindfulness yoga anything like that because you'll hear a lot in my classes and hopefully other yoga teachers are saying this as well is about being in the present moment and really all you have is this second right now because okay the past is gone it's as simple as that you've heard people say right you can't change the past but also you don't really have that much control what's going to happen in like the next minute the next two minutes and he tries to say that if you have worry or stress this means you're living your life in the future and you're missing the now because yeah. you can't really stress about anything if you're in the mo- like the very very moment right now often what we're stressing about is future deadlines okay they're coming up but if we focused on what we're we're doing now those baby steps will eventually Mm-hmm. Uh, allow us to achieve that deadline but we're thinking of what we're doing now and then he thinks of guilt if somebody lives with guilt they're actually living in the past and kind of like neither of those things of li- living in the past or living in the future yeah really do you any good and like life in itself actually happens now and that's kind of like the the ethos of the book which I think basically really just tries to simplify stress and guilt in a way and yeah um trying to choose to see things more positively and I think that was one of the ways as well like one of the parts of the book which reminded me is kind of like um say like you miss your bus and then you have to, you have to stay at the bus stop a little bit longer it's kind of like seeing it in a way well okay well I've now got five more minutes of like outdoor fresh air and I can stay on the phone to my friend for like a little <laughs> bit longer instead mm. of being like bloody hell like I just missed the bus it's like just yeah. really interesting to see like how you can choose to perceive a situation and yeah um, I found that quite interesting I think I wouldn't be surprised if that book was like one of the things that made me think differently and almost think about my options and how I think about this and then try to choose the one that I think causes me less stress reminds me of what you were saying 
regarding guilt and um, I imagine regret as well, that sort of feeling when you do mm. think about the past a lot. Um, I feel like when you have a bit more confidence in yourself and you sort of back yourself and all your decisions, you probably spend a lot less time in that mindset because you, I imagine if you sort of think, why would I regret something that at the time I felt was right? I think that that mindset is just so so much better to live by because otherwise you'll constantly be going into the past and like rehashing it thinking of other ways you could have dealt with it but really regret and guilt is probably half of the reason we feel stress and like probably feelings like shame all these sorts of negative things that end up just stopping us from just being the person we want to be and like living the life we want to live so Mm -hmm. definitely I think we just need to sort of have more confidence in ourselves we probably sometimes get stressed you think oh I've got to do all of these things and I won't be able to do them in this time or I won't be able to handle it and I've actually caught myself recently occasionally just talking to myself and being like you can do it though mm-hmm. if anyone can do it you can like I've sort of trying to give myself these little pep talks in my head because mm-hmm. I've done a load of things before that I've almost surprised myself like why wouldn't I be able to do it in this situation so yeah a bit of backing yourself I think really helps with stress levels for me personally just because it stops me from thinking about all my decisions and things in the past and then it stops me from stressing out about how I'm going to achieve something going forward so yeah that's something that's worked for me but it's a difficult one because again we just have to manage you know what is something you know what is the stress that we can um uh change and do something about and what is the stress that we can just adjust our reactions to um but yeah, it's, uh, it's a whole topic in itself, isn't it? Just the whole like guilt and uh, regrets and living in the past, I think. But Yeah, and I think, oh. again, simply put, if you think about some of like, I don't know, random quotes people live by or like you've heard it before, it's kind of like um, in everything that's kind of happened to you has got you to where you are. Mm. So even those breakups or being made redundant kind of like all of those things if they didn't happen you either wouldn't be with the person that you love now or you wouldn't be no. doing the job that you're in now and it's kind of like all of the I guess the kind of thing all those things happen for a reason and like in the moment yeah. they might feel really crap but it's kind of like really beautiful to think actually yeah. they happen so that I can be where I am now yeah you know what I actually now so I'm at tw- I'm 28 now and I look back at certain things in my, like my lowest points or my biggest stressful moments and I think I can't think of many where they haven't turned out to be much better. So just to name a few, I've talked about them a lot more in the sort of first couple of episodes of this podcast. Um, A, um, when I was in a relationship that made me feel a bit inadequate and uh, I needed, you know, I wasn't going to amount to much. I ended up starting the business. B, um, I had an an employee who um, sort of, uh, I felt like I mistrusted I put too much trust in and then they let me down and then that in it turn in turn I was able to employ a great person afterwards and like I was able to see that person's true colors so I genuinely really glad that happened um quite a few things in business that happened where I've been huge learning curves and actually ended up creating a better product as a result of it later on down the line um making decisions to be with Jack like it was a complete cosmic shift in my life to sort of decide to leave one relationship and pursue another and like but it all I feel like it all happened for a reason like there was a house that we were obsessed with we're we're house hunting at the moment there was a house that we were obsessed with um 
someone else um, put a contract through and we sort of missed the opportunity because we went a bit, we didn't really know what our situation would be financially over COVID. So we lost that. And then I actually sat, I was two days, for about two days, I was really upset because I, I basically pictured our life in that house. I got myself a bit carried away. Um, but then now we're looking at a house which is, un, is so much better. So I, I'm really struggling to think of a, a rubbish situation in life that actually I can't say that happened so this could happen. So it's, it's, it's almost reassuring when something terrible happens, like obviously some things you can't explain, I understand that, but it's nice to sort of live by that motto sometimes just to sort of ease the weight of it on yourself. Yeah, and again, that also reminds me of like another book, which I'm pretty sure is called The Universe Has Your Back. Yeah. So kind of just believing in kind of like, obviously that we live in this huge universe and kind of mm. everything that happens to us is to lead us to... I know. something else that's going to be amazing when when um i first sort of understood the concept of like visualization and you know the secret and law of attraction it did seem a bit waffly for me when i first uh, read up on it or watched videos about it a couple of years ago but when i really think about it like i look at the ring on my finger now so when jack proposed a couple of months ago i look at that and think i pictured that ring there for probably most of my teenage years and into my 20s and now it's on my finger and it freaks me out because it's bloody spot on as well. Like it's the exact same thing I pictured. So then I'm looking at it like, is this actually true? Does this happen? And then I started to, um, what was it I did? Oh yeah. So when our wedding venues and stuff, I was really worried we wouldn't be able to get the specific one that we wanted. So I, I printed out pictures, put it on my computer, had it there for about two months um, did the same with the house that we liked. I mean, that didn't actually, that house was the one we didn't get, but we got a better house. So it's like, it's nice just to sort of constantly think about and visualize in your head what you want your life to be like in a couple of years, because I think your actions and your behavior ends up like going towards that goal anyways. And naturally, because that's where your head's at. So I do think there's a a lot of science in it probably as well. Yeah. um, I mean, sort of in, in kind of thinking about some of the stuff that I wanted to touch on and I'm, I'm definitely, not an expert in kind of all of the things that we've we've discussed but I definitely have like a lot of experience and a lot Mm. a lot of knowledge in it but um so my friends who are in the wellness and like the yoga or life coaching industry Mm. um they know a lot more about this but kind of everything has like a vibrational frequency in the sense of like everything has energy everything from like a paper clip on your desk (laughs) to you yourself and in a way like you can sort of like raise that frequency in, in regards to if you think about um is it like the law of attraction like yeah. like attracts like so yeah. yeah if you're putting out into like the universe like you say um for finding this house or like finding the the, the man that you want to spend your life with like this type of ring it's kind of mm. like you're putting that out there as a frequency and yeah I mean law of attraction would be you should attract that type thing which I find really interesting I don't know much about it but I think that concept seems really quite lovely yeah I I'm fully seeing it sort of pan out in the last like couple of years and I I I just think you know what keep interesting like keep mood boarding keep like printing out pictures of things you want want in your life like if maybe it's materialistic maybe it's not maybe it's more emotional or something like that just keep thinking about it and I do genuinely think maybe it may sound cheesy to think that you know the universe will give it to you but it's probably like your actual behavior and your actions will 
gravitate towards that so you end up actually achieving it because that's where you're headed I, I, that's the way I sort of see it as well if you don't like the sort of more spiritual aspect of it there is probably more of like a behavioral thing around it as well that the whole law of attraction um, 100%. yeah so if you sort of imagine so I, I got to a point you know, I said in my last podcast like I want to be a, a stronger more independent woman who's more in control of my emotions and that means handle stress better take it on I can I, I know I'm capable of a lot but I don't know why I doubt myself in these situations so I feel like I know where we're going to get this house um, we have a spare room I could turn that into an office or I could turn that into a yoga meditation room and actually really take that time to learn the practice properly and give that back to myself because I want I see myself being a way less stressful person so that's the action I'm actually going to do for mm-hmm. that. And I've been picturing this room so much. I've like literally drawn it out and everything. So I'm hopefully one day when I'm standing in it and I see it all done, I'll be like, yeah, it's because I, it's because I knew this would happen. And I made it happen. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Oh my gosh. We, we'll do some sessions in the yoga room. I'm so excited. Imagine yeah. That. I'm excited now. <laughs> yeah. It'd be lovely. Um, so another thing I thought would be good to talk about as women we are obviously, you know, we experience ups and downs with hormones, which is something we can't control to, to an extent we can't control, um, which is annoying because actually, you know, is this actually my mental state or is it a hormonal thing? You know, I'm due on next week. Is it because of that? You know, we always have to sort of battle with that. And then we end up sort of uh, maybe confusing what is purely hormonal with being, you know, your mental state sometimes. And um, I thought about it recently because a lot of us are on the monthly pill, whether it's for contraception, for, you know, your skin or your like mood or whatever. And you do think, you know, I don't know about you, but I often think, oh, well, you know, when like, say if we want to try for a child one day, like I have to come off of that pill. What kind of person am I going to be? Because that's obviously like a complete hormone that I'm taking every single day. It does control everything really about me. It controls my like, um, the sort of sebum levels I'm producing in my face. That's why I don't break out as much. It's controlling probably my moods. Cause I remember when I was on a pill before that, I think it was called microgynon. That was a pill that um, the GPs provide uh, as like the default one. Cause it's cheaper, but um, I was so, uh, there's so many mood swings and stuff on that. They call it like the crazy pill. Cause it makes you go a bit um, askew. So, and then I'm thinking quite, you know, I would love to know what my natural state is. <laughs> am I actually chill or am I actually a really stressy person? I don't even know. It could just actually be my pill. So I wonder what your thought was on that or whether you think that's sort of... It's no, more- I really, I do really agree. And mm. I wouldn't be surprised if I feel like, um, if you think about the trends in wellness topics, um, mm. like year by year, that always seems to be sort of something. I really do think that the female hormone is going to be something soon because so many of us take the pill even if you think about they they say that there's uh some of that in the water because so many of us take it and obviously Mm. urinate and that goes into the water stream like there's so much of it that I wouldn't be surprised um if they also just look into um yeah like how how women are on the pill off the pill how that affects Wow. other parts of our lives and yeah I too am the same like I, I'd be very nervous to come up with I know I'm because... actually really scared <laughs> yeah I'm thinking what yeah. if how am I going to conceive a child if I'm end up being like fat spotty and hairy like just coming off the pill 
Oh, I'm actually a bit nervous. So let's see what happens there. Yeah. And also really <laughs> interestingly, really off topic, it's something that um, I learned uh, not so long ago, just from a friend who is a doctor, but mm. so much research on anything kind of health related so much research is on the male body in and it the the recommendations from that research would they would still like recommend to women mm. and so much research um excludes women who are on their period so like the kind of the week where you bleed oh, and can you imagine if we if someone has like a perfect period and they bleed a week every mm. month so 12 weeks a year mm. it's kind of like so much research that doesn't actually consider wow. women for 12 weeks a year and like <laughs> how we are do you, wow. you know what I mean and I think yeah. that's kind of crazy to think about and I guess the reason they exclude you is because you're almost like a, a bit of an anom- anomaly from like a hormone perspective like during that yeah. that week but you know and it's then, almost yeah, this... the week before and the week after you're all a bit askew as well <laughs> like yeah. it's not even just that one week that yeah, being a woman. I thought that was I thought that was really interesting this doc because this doctor's kind of campaigning to try and make more research include women and especially wow. like throughout the cycle and um also when it comes back to me when I was definitely a sort of super gym junkie and mm. my coach at the time if I said to him oh my goodness like I had I was way weaker today in the in the gym like I couldn't match what I did last week and he'd be like okay just check in with where you are on your cycle and then I, I forget it now but there'd be like a certain point in your cycle where you are just weaker and it kind of repeats that every month mm. and you kind of like I think even as women we kind of forget that that is such a a big part of us and we assume that we're going to be able to perform maybe the same whether it's the gym at work mm. like it might even be that your focus levels are different and I find yeah. that really fascinating and um yeah it's it's I'm finding it interesting to sort of follow along with um some of these sort of Instagram doctors now who are actually just sharing way more about the female body and hormones and things like that oh that's so interesting I've toyed with the idea of coming off of it and and being just my natural self and just seeing you know how is my skin naturally so before as well I actually went to the GP when my skin was really bad because I wanted some help and advice and I was very upset and they sort of immediately said to me, um, you should eliminate stress or it might be stress related. And that to me is my, I hate that when anything, say if you get a rash on your arm, oh, it's stress related. If you lose your hair, it's stress related. Because I mean, I'm not just going to go and book a trip to the Maldives for two years and, you know, wait it out. Like, I actually have to keep living my life. So I think what we're talking about today with the whole mindset side of thing as well is to manage the stress rather than assume you can just get rid of stress because um, I don't think that's actually possible at all. And I think it's probably a healthier, more realistic way to sort of yeah, manage your expectations with regards to changing how you, how you are managing your mood and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I think it just becomes like the more conscious and just aware you are of that instead mm-hmm. of let, letting every single thing in life absorb you. If you mm-hmm. can find some separation and just be like okay this month is going to be really stressful because I've got more things on but this is how I'm going to approach it and kind of just yeah almost own it in a way and I think as well the expectations that expectations that we put on ourselves and others put on us as well is often unfair so I think just (laughs) being a little bit kinder to ourselves and I think as well sometimes 
um, there are some things that perhaps there's this really strong expectation to meet this, this deadline, but maybe even just thinking, does it have to be tomorrow? Like truly, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and it's kind of like, why have I said it's tomorrow? Um, and I mean, there's obviously you, you need to have deadlines in order to, to progress in so many ways in life, whether it's business, um, personal or everything like that. But yeah, there might just be some things where you're just being truly unrealistic Mm. to yourself and kind of just if you can provide any separation from being really in it and just taking a step back and looking at it from an external point of view I'm sure you can find a better way to manage with the things that you're dealing with yeah absolutely I think for me as well like I, I, I knew that I knew if I wanted to do what I'm doing long term I don't want to burn myself out I don't want to start resenting what I do so I do the nine to five and I reckon a lot of people probably look at that and think you could be doing a lot more hours as an entrepreneur. I think, I mean, I did do that at the beginning, but now I know how to be kinder to myself and being, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to run a business, um, you know, manage a home. Like we do a lot of stuff to do here as well. Like I could easily fill up my day being a housewife. I would find so many things to do. So, and then, you know, and actually take that time, you know, from like eight, 9 PM onwards to sit down and chill and spend time with my partner. So it's like, to be able to achieve these things day in, day out, you need a, a realistic routine, you need a realistic mindset, and you just need, you definitely need to be kinder to yourself. And to carve out that time to actually sit and practice yoga meditation seems like an amazing way to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm really glad we talked about it, actually, because it, it, it's nice to speak about it, not only just from a spiritual point of view, but also like a scientific, like behavioral way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had one more question for you, which was if, um, if, you know, many people get there and this is with um, a lot more people opening up about anxiety and things like that. If somebody is feeling very anxious. So I actually had uh, what I think was an anxiety attack the other day. And it was probably one of the first ones I've had where I've been really aware of it. And this was in the office. And I remember just feeling so overwhelmed with everything that was going on because what happened. Um, I didn't really realize that there was as many delays as there were internationally. And I had a load of orders that I sent to the US um, and lots, loads of people weren't getting them. So my admin was so high. Um, my employee was furloughed. She wasn't around. So I was doing all the orders and then managing just general director tasks throughout the whole day as well. Then on top of that, like a lot of my friends were at home. So they were checking in and everyone was communicating and I couldn't keep up with it because I was so overwhelmed with work. So I almost felt like detached from society. And then um, on top of that, my mum, um, I've missed her and like I felt really bad because I hadn't gone around there um, like pop through or drop them anything or gone shopping for them for a little while and I remember just feeling so consumed in it was it was guilt it was overwhelm and it was your pure stress and um, I didn't know what to do so I just um, we've got this sort of like level in the office where I just my, my throat started tightening up and I was like I'm freaking out I can barely breathe went in there and I just cried and I it was the point where I like, cried so loudly I didn't even care if anyone heard me so it was like it was such like an out-of-body experience that Mm. I had an experience and I thought cool I actually know what this is now and um I just wondered if you have any advice for somebody maybe not to that extent because that's the worst I think I've been um work-wise and stuff but I wondered if you sort of feel yourself getting to the point where you are really angst up like you want to cry or you want to shout do you know how you would navigate that as a person like if you've yeah I think um I mean depending on where you are I think another really interesting thing and Nikki I was talking to you about this with this whole like feminine energy sort of Mm. healing stuff that I've been doing and I've um 
the woman that I was doing this course with made this really valid point that basically we live in a very masculine world basically mm. just how the world is when I was discussing like yin and yang basically mm. yang yang is very masculine and obviously we've said that life is very yang mm. and um <laughs> is it doesn't society sort of say like women can't shout yeah if a man shouts it would we'd think that that's kind of normal yeah. um so there's kind of like this element of like if you actually just need to cry and it, let's say a male's listening to this like a male should feel mm. confident enough that they can cry and females might find it easier to do that just do it because like you're that's probably your body telling you that you actually just need to let go of some kind of energy mm. um like some kind of shift because you do feel I always think you feel better with those types of releases as well, especially yeah, crying. True. But um, I think one of the the simplest things I can think of now, and again, not necessarily being um, like an expert in managing anxiety, but um, usually if you're having like an anxiety attack, panic attack, um, you're very much in the fight or flight mode in your body, and mm. which is called the sympathetic nervous system. And to get out of that and get into more of like the rest and digest mode, which is your parasympathetic, breath is the key to that, which is why breathing is so important in yoga and meditation. Because when you are in a panic attack or an anxiety attack, you're usually, you agree or disagree with me, you might be very, very shallow breathing. It's that kind of, <laughs> mm. not actually really getting like, there's no real oxygen exchange, carbon dioxide, like leaving your body. It's very much like, can be in the chest yeah. so if you can actually pause and actually take deeper breaths the, the the way your nervous system responds to that is actually just quite amazing so yeah. i'd probably say if somebody's feeling like that see see how breathing feels for you like immediately in the moment mm. but equally if it's something that you need to deal with later mm. cry and shout about it like that's completely fine i think <laughs> um, we're always meant to be cool calm collected but of course anger anger is a normal emotion like we shouldn't be concerned about having anger and equally we shouldn't be concerned about being upset either yeah oh that's amazing actually I was going to ask you because I know we spoke about it recently but the whole um thing you were saying about the you you sort of harbor some of your um stress from your mother from being in the womb I believe was that yeah I mean I can touch on it briefly um but basically I was just explaining to Nikki that um we are all born with our eggs so when we're a baby we have all of our eggs um ready and one of them will be our children in the future mm-hmm. so therefore if we are if we are born with our eggs there'll be a time when you're you're in your mother's womb and all of your eggs are in are within you as well so therefore um any stress that your mother had can be passed both onto you and equally onto your eggs slash future children, their grandchildren. So there's basically mm. this ancestral connection, especially with trauma, where your grandmother, mother, and usually daughter, it's usually like a feminine thing, can be very connected. And quite often, unconsciously, the way that we lead our lives, our beliefs, um, the way we cope with things can yeah. be from their experiences. And you may have to relearn and when I was learning a little bit more about this I had a bit of an open conversation with my mom like is that has there been any trauma was there any trauma like whilst you were pregnant with me and equally Mm -hmm. when I was very very young we kind of just had a bit of an open conversation and I just tried to assess myself like do I feel like I carry any of that and it's just really interesting this blows my mind I love this 
Wow. I mean, people should look into it if they're interested. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's sort of called like the uh, like feminine energy ancestral connection, like with the kind of like wow. grandmothers, kind of like the three women. I just thought that was really powerful. Yeah. So if like if I have a daughter, then I would essentially have my grandchildren in my womb. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That is definitely food for thought, my God. <laughs> um, I just wondered, just to sort of um, wrap up the podcast now, if you had a parting quote we could give to our listeners. Interestingly, you kind of almost said this quote without really knowing it's a quote. So I think <laughs> you'll find this one interesting, Nikki. So yeah. um, here it goes. So watch your thoughts, they become your words. Ooh. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Ooh. So it's kind of that whole, you were saying it earlier, the way your thoughts end up manifesting to actually what is your reality. And it's kind of like, if you can really control what you're thinking about and how you're responding to things, like it could have such a big impact on kind of your future, really. And I just yeah. think that's a really wow. lovely way to put it. And you kind of, touched on it earlier which I thought was really interesting <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah that's amazing that one um I love this one which is um it's not stress that kills you it's the reaction to it because I think that really touches upon what we talked about earlier which is you know you can't just eliminate stress in your life like you may be a mum of four you may have a business you may um you know I don't know not get along with your mum but you can't necessarily just, you know, cut the, these things out of your life. Like some things you can, and those that you can, I think you should. But there are aspects of your life that will be stressful, but also bring you joy in other ways. So you should just learn to manage the stress and cope with it, um, you know, cope with things one by one. As we were saying, mindset, you know, if you miss the bus, rather than um, be pissed off at yourself for missing the bus and cursing the rest of your day, you've got an extra five minutes to uh, catch up on the news or call a friend. So I feel like that was a really nice way of putting it earlier, Shane, I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a very, I actually feel chilled out even speaking to you, to be honest. So for anyone that would like to follow you, would you please share your uh, social media handles? Yep, so you'll mainly just find me on Instagram, which is at shanypage underscore yoga. I'm actually surprised how much we had to talk about. I know, especially as yeah, we caught up quite recently. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. So I feel like I'm going to actually say namaste. Thank you so much. I'm actually namaste. bowing at you through my computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And as promised, the discount code to use at NikitaByNikki.com uh, for 25% of all jewellery and homeware is ROSEGOALS25. Now, this is something that's exclusively for you um, as a thank you for listening. And please do leave a review and keep sharing the love and let me know if there are any sponsors on board because I would love to keep doing these. They make me very, very happy. Thanks so much again for listening and I can't wait for the next one. <laughs>